think a healthy balance between the process and the results is like necessary because like Sun said, you need the process to get to the level that you want to be at, right? But you need the results to keep you motivated to do the process, right? Um, I think uh, like a good way for me that I go about it is like, I, I do enjoy the results, but I bring down the scale of like what results I'm expecting, right? So it's like, it's not like, um, I don't know, likes the rock star uh, analogy, right? It's not like, like if I have the goal of being a rock star and I like try to pick a guitar, everything I do that doesn't lead up to me, or everything I do that doesn't match up with me to, to me being a rock star, it just like it just sucks, right? Like I play a chord and I'm like, fuck, I'm not a rock star yet. You know, I learned what scale. I'm like, fuck, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> I could be. Oh. I think that like if I focus more on the smaller results, like, oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm learning this chord. If I can learn this, this, this one chord, you know, I'll be happy. Right. And then in turn, that happiness will make me want to do it more because it's like, oh, I can do this, you know, but it's a matter of like breaking it up and not having a goal that's like way, way, way out of reach. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Nuance Nonsense. We are not experts, we just like talking. This is your co-host, Alex. This is your other co-host, Ben. And today I brought on my uh, League of Legends team. We play a bunch of Clash together. And so, actually one of them wanted to talk about first impressions. So we can go along with their names as they introduce themselves and their first impressions of each other. So who wants to go first? Uh, I guess I could go first. Uh, I just introduced myself, right? Yeah, first, and, then, right. and then we can say your our first impression of you after you introduce yourself. Oh, everyone is going to like, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little roast circle. Okay, yeah, cool. Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm Sun. Uh, I'm an Austin native, and I just graduated from UT. All right. I guess everyone's just going to roast I can me. Start. Now, I can start. Um, yeah, so bro. I actually have known Sun since uh, like elementary school. Uh, we started fifth grade together. And um, the very first encounter I had with him, we were at an art class. And um, <laughs> no, you know this is going. <laughs> um, and uh, the teacher was calling roll, right? So she went like, you know, Jonathan Cambia, here. Like, Eileen Farrell, here, right? And then it came to Sun's turn. She's like, Sun Lay. And this guy <laughs> stands up and he's like, penis! Like, what? <laughs> like, out loud. <laughs> Everybody, everybody died. Everybody died, and like even the teacher was cracking up. She's like, "Son, don't say that." And ever since then, I knew this guy was a troll. Oh <laughs> that sounds like it's out of a movie. From a young age. So funny. Oh my god. Okay, I think I might have met Sun second out of everyone else here. I met him in freshman year at UT. We were on the same dance team for UTFSA Modern. And back then, he was also a troll. <laughs> he, uh, I remember him telling me that he wanted to get into dance during college. So in our spring semester, he joined the team. And that's how I've primarily known him, uh, us improving together as dancers, but also playing Smash and playing video games. So my first impression of him was, He's a troll, but then I also got to know him a little bit better, and I found out that he works really hard, and he's a funny guy. <laughs> Who's next? Maybe me? Yeah, go for it. You probably met him next, yeah. I think 
I met him in freshman year, also at UT Austin. I don't remember when exactly, but I know. Okay, so I'm really into social dancing, and there was this organization I was, like, I sort of, like, went to on Saturday nights, uh, and we would, like, just dance in this area in one of the dormitories. And in near there, Sun was just practicing his own dance, right? And I guess he saw me in, like, a biology class or something, and he just walked up to me randomly, and he was like, hey, I think we've met before. Or, or something along those lines, as if we had met before. But I know, I, I'm pretty sure I had never met him at this point in time. Uh, he's trying to flirt with you. I saw Sammy's girl, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think we met before. In my dreams, bro. <laughs> and then from there, he just, like, proceeds to, like, talk to me. Like, for a really long time. I remember, at first, he just, like, huh. talking to me about dance. And I was, like, really, really confused. And so I wasn't sure if it was, like, troll or not. Like, I just thought... <laughs> really really like strange <laughs> but then like the conversation like went on for a really long time and i realized like wait i probably i feel like i connect with this guy and from then on like i feel like i got the same impression of like troll but like not there was no specific instance it just w- permeated <laughs> the entirety of our friendship because like uh son is friends with me and another one of my good friends and he like acts very very like strange around us i don't even know how to really describe it <laughs> and let's see i think i met son let's see probably like further into college i so son became sort of like a, a legend in like the microcosm of ut dance like, like the name was kind of everywhere and i would go to a couple of the workshops that i like, got into a little bit later and would see, see him there. But I didn't know that he was good friends with like Matthew and Ben by this point. So uh, met him, introduced myself. He was definitely a goon at the time. And I really appreciate that. Like I, I can really relate to, to trying to make people laugh. So we got along with both, both goons, our goons, bro. And um, yeah, I just played a lot of games together, um, hung out. He, he would go to classes with me when I had no one else to go with. I appreciated that. Has yeah, it's, it's just been history, man? The boy. Yes, sir. Right, who introduced the next, bro? I'll go next, bro. I'll oh, go. yes, sir, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my name is Mick. Um, we all just actually graduated UT together, so that's that's pretty cool. Like from Dallas area. I don't know what else. What other things? I was supposed to move to New York, but that's not happening because of COVID. Bro, I'm playing, praying for you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm I'm the top lane on our class team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go to Mick, it's Alex, first impression of Sun. Oh, oh, you want me to go? I thought it was just yeah. Your... My first impression of Sun. What did I meet Sun? I don't even remember. Oh, I don't remember either. We were bowling. I remember now because I think he came oh. up to to Dallas. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was just focused on bowling. They used to be at the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen you throughout college, and you've always been. I can see your troll humor, but <laughs> I haven't uh, had a full on interaction yet. But maybe one day. Dude, was this at the Plano Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I remember that. Event, right. It was main event. It was main event. There was, mm-hmm. it was uh, me, Alex, Sun, and another friend of ours. Yeah. Yes, sir, bro. <clears throat> All right, back to Mick. We just go on to our first impressions of Mick, bro. Yeah, bro. You can go. Uh, 
I feel like I actually don't even remember. I feel like I'm a bad friend, but I don't remember the first time I met you. <laughs> exactly we were just like around each other and like yeah. i don't but i don't remember like when we formally were like hey i'm son hey i'm Vic. but i feel like my first impression of you was that i was confused by your ethnicity i was like i don't know what this guy is his last name is yoon is he korean we don't look that korean yeah <laughs> Right, and then I was like, okay, this guy's good looking too, bro. And then, like, it's the same. Like, I just I just respected that you're also a good bro. Like, it's always a good time around you. So, appreciate that. Appreciate That's my impression, bro. I'll go next. Um, so I heard about Mick from Sun like a, like a long time ago because we both play smash and we both oh yeah <laughs> and um we still need to have that death match we do bro we do <laughs> um but aside from that i think the only interaction i've had with you is like playing video games right yeah man but from that i mean i can tell um you're like a really fun dude to be around and um he's like <laughs> he's like kind of the same troll wavelength as sun but just like <laughs> A little, a little bit, it's like a slight variance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Cool. Okay, I met Mick in sixth grade in Plano <laughs> at Damn. Robinson Wait, Middle School. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we just met through mutual friends. Um, we were both in band. That's how we got to know each other a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then what really brought us together was just playing league after school. Yeah, we had some like squad going back then. Not nearly the level we are at now. <laughs> say a whole lot, but <laughs> yeah, just my first impression of him back then was I don't know, man. That was so long ago. <laughs> and it was good, I'm sure. But it wasn't, it was just another like cool friend. It'd have to be, bro. Otherwise, you would have stuck around, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, all the people that play trombone in like his grade were like kind of same energy. Oh, I, dude, I feel so like, bad. It's it pretty funny. Like, that's the, so that's fitting. So you played the trombone, bro. <laughs> yeah. Those were like a little troll, a little like they're funny. They're all dudes. <laughs> Also, <laughs> clown gang, dude. Yeah, so clown, yeah, clown gang. Yes, sir. All right. I also met in sixth grade, but via PE. And I, I oh, think, yeah. yeah, yeah, we had our lockers were like across from each other, like this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just remember thinking, I'm just like, bro, we're equally as fucked in like these activities all the time. <laughs> Wait, what was so bad about your lockers? No, no, no. Like, fucked in, like, the activities we do in gym. And oh. I just always just be like, fuck, dude, that sucked. Or, like, <laughs> that kind of energy. Yeah, like, bonding over, like, those little scooters. Like, you feel, like, your hands between you. Like, you're just like, what are you going to talk about? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sir, bro. Um, I met Mick, like, I think this year. Or, like, the school year. I think mm -hmm. we were doing a practice run for a podcast. Um, I mean, my impression of him was like, I mean, I've, I've heard of Mick 
from like Ben because I knew he was like one of like Ben's uh, like close friends from like high school or middle school or whatever. Um, I was like, oh, this guy's really charismatic. He has he has a good sense of humor. Um, I was like, it was pretty cool. Thank you for president. Yeah. Yes, sir. Twenty twenty. Right. Uh, who's next? Who's next, bro? Who introducing themselves next? next. All right. uh, hi, I'm Jonathan Kamia. Um, I'm 22. I was born in Houston, but I moved to Austin when I was eight. And uh, aside from Sun, I think um, I met everybody not through UT, but through just uh, mutual interests. Nice. And I can give my first impression, bro. Uh, yeah, I met Jonathan in fifth grade. Cause I actually moved schools. Uh, yeah. So I moved schools and I remember, I, I don't know if this is like, it's not racist, but like, I just, I think at the time, because I'm like at a new school, I just gravitate towards people of like similar ethnicity to me. That's not okay. racist, right? No, 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 not racist. <laughs> but like, but like I'm using like ethnicity to like my profiling advantage. But anyways, I just saw, I was like, Oh snap. Another, Another Asian, <laughs> all right. Uh, I think I, I feel like we just always hung out because uh, I just thought I just thought he was a cool dude. Like he was clearly uh, the popular kid. So I was like, if I stick to him, I climb the social ranks too. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, also, he's a, he's a he's a great artist. Like I remember in fifth grade, he used to draw, and he still definitely draws very well today. <laughs> Um, actually, I actually used to bully Sun in in middle school, yeah. like, mm. like a little bit. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, the best comparison is like think of like the villain and like his crony, right? Like, <laughs> and then, like you mistreats his crony, but I'm still there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually don't think I feel like I we really grew as friends like four years ago, three years ago. And it, like, it's been a while, but like, there was just like one day where we just like caught up and we're like, all right, we, we tight, we tight. So that's my impression. If anyone would like to go next. I'll go next. I have always heard of Jonathan from Sun, like throughout my entire UT. I didn't actually meet Jonathan until I graduated when we were playing league. Or <laughs> just graduated, really? basically. Really? Wow. Yeah, because I think we had always just kind of like, no, I've always known of him. And I think like my interactions with him were just always super brief because we like know of each other. I think I introduced myself at some point, but it was, it was like very brief, like maybe conversations were like two sentences total. And then I remember the first like vivid, like interaction I had with him is we somehow ended up at the like a certain club together. And then right. he comes up to me and he's like, hey, dude, like I heard about your podcast. Like you got to let me on. <laughs> I'm so surprised to hear this at like the club. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I'll catch it up to you, man. <laughs> because like in, in clubs, like when I'm in clubs, I don't like dance, you know, because I, I don't know, like I have to be pretty drunk to dance. And so I just, what I do is I like look around and I see people that like I kind of know. And I think like, what is what can I say to this person that'll spook them the most right now? <laughs> and that's what I did. Dude, you need to start handing out your business card at the clubs. <laughs> like it sounds like a great place to network. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first question. It was just shock. But then as I got to know 
better. I was like, wait, this guy is, he has a lot to say. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. I can go next. I can go next. Uh, I heard of you same way, kind of like through Sun, right? Through like Urban Legend. So I was like, hey, Urban Legend. Not the only Ganondorf on the block, bro. And I was like, <laughs> who is this man? So, you know, it's obviously didn't really get to meet you beside in person yet, but, you know, I've seen you face in a couple of video calls. You like play League a lot. Um, I always thought you were a pretty good guy. You always like very level headed, you know, even though when some of us may get frustrated. <laughs> You're always like keeping calm, keeping cool. Uh, <laughs> seem to be a very calculated person, I can tell, just from the way that you articulate all your sentences and things. So very, very sound of mind person. Uh, I guess it's like a trip to you. Pretty fun guy. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Jonathan and I met through Frisbee, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it might have been Pickup or FSA or both. I don't know. But we had played together just like casually every now and then. Um, and then, uh, what else? I remember, I remember watching you at, um, do a performance with your guitar one time. At, uh, uh, oh, was it when I messed up? Uh, was it? I don't remember. <laughs> well, I've only done it like two times. And the first okay. time I was so, so, so nervous. <laughs> no. Well, okay, my, my first impression was that that seemed pretty cool. Like, the electric guitar is pretty cool, man. Like, I've, I've heard you play it. Like, I think I've seen you post a video somewhere, like Instagram or something. Um, so I admired that. Um, and it's always cool to meet someone else that plays Ultimate. Um, and then recently, before COVID, we were going to play a good fill together on the FSA team. Um, that was unfortunate. I really think we could have taken it home. <laughs> But yeah, Jonathan is a, he's a homie uh, and he's a great listener. And also like he strikes up a good conversation, like, you know, exhibit A with Ben. Yeah. My first impression of Jonathan was, uh, I mean, we met like, I guess a month ago through this podcast. I remember we were prepping. I remember I was like a little nervous cause like I didn't really know Jonathan. And then Ben was like, I play league with him, but we hadn't had it. <laughs> the conversation with him yet so we're both kind of just like oh i think this is like the first time we have a guest that like we're not super familiar with so then i was like how can this go but then like it actually turned out really well <laughs> i remember like we were like we were like really hitting it off and then like we were able to talk about like a lot of like different stuff and i was like oh this guy's actually like a really cool guy am i the last last but not least yeah my name is matthew uh, I'm the jungler for our team, and I'm from Plano. I live across the street from Ben. <laughs> uh, back home. Um, yeah. Yes, sir, bro. I can I can go first since we live across the street. <laughs> uh, I remember, like I, I didn't like truly meet Matthew until middle school, but we like went to the same elementary school, and I just had like seen him from a distance. Kind of like similar to like how sons were like racially profiled people. Like I, <laughs> like there's a better way to articulate it. <laughs> similar to how like son just sought out similar like people. Yeah, bro, you're just like a kid. You're just like, hey man, that guy's like me. Yeah, that's I knew of Matthew just by like seeing him like here and there. 
but like I didn't know anything about him until middle school when we started riding the bus back together and then we found out we lived yeah <laughs> so I just remember like we had this little bus squad going on and it was just I didn't have like a particular impression of Matthew just the whole thing was just like it was a good time hey bro I yeah, I can go next. Okay. Um, I've known Matthew since seventh, ninth grade. I remember oh, we met at CYLC. I think that was seventh grade. Oh, seventh grade? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Uh, I remember, yeah, we met at CYLC. We had a mutual friend who also went to CYLC. Um, dude, I really don't remember anything about CYLC. It's been too long. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I must have liked you if, like, you know, we were, like, we would hang out, like, after, like, each year at CLLC. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you were pretty chill, and, like, you were more level-headed than a mutual friend. So I was like... <laughs> I agree, yeah. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go next. Um, so, like he said, I met Matthew through uh, Ultimate. Um I remember when I first moved to Austin, uh, I wanted to join UT's Goodfield team that he was on, but I didn't go to UT. And Sun told me that he knew somebody who was like in charge of running the team at the time, which was Matthew. And so uh, I remember I went out to the field. I didn't know anybody there and I was super nervous. And um, I think we like passed by each other on the bridge or something. And Sun had told Matthew about me and that I was coming to talk to him. And he was like, oh, are you Jonathan? And I was like, yeah. And from there, like, uh, just talking to him made me feel really, like, welcome and, like, really, like, the nervousness kind of went away. And um, we've played Ultimate together for, like, what, a year or two now? Yeah. And we've also played League. And um, my impression of him is that he's very, he's very level-headed, like Alex said, but he's also very, um, what's the word? He's very, like, analytical like both on the field and like when we're playing games he's very good at like calculating different plays to make and like he i would trust him to uh like be in charge of like um any bot. kind of strategic thing that <laughs> <Ganking spot. laughs> Thank you. endeavor that is like in my life i'll step up to the plate bro i'll start go up next Let's see. So, met Matthew in sixth or seventh grade. Um, we were like this, you know, band. You know, you're just, you're just kids in middle school, bro. I mean, it's like you got you got a class together. You're like, I have nothing else to do for eight hours a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, my first impression of Matthew, you know, he's like always been very, like you said, analytical, very level-headed guy. He's got it all straight. I kind of tended to gravitate towards like the smarter people to try and surround myself with, like. That same kind of thing I was striving for. So, you know, especially like middle school, like Matthew Ben, like real smart kids, real had their head on straight, trying to get good grades, all stuff from like a very early age. And something like particular about Matthew, like he always was like very like good with himself. Like he was like, you know, like I'm doing me, like I'm having a good time. And he kind of had that like, like that aura of cool, you know what I'm saying? So I like kind of gravitated to that. I felt like, he would do things and I would like try and follow suit. Like, he's like, Oh dude, I found this cool game on the computer. Like we should play, <laughs> play bro. That's, that's legit. Like why I started playing this game. Oh, I introduced league to our friend group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
my parents all of a sudden were like, why do you want to play this game on the computer? I'm like, oh, boom. My friend Matthew wants to play. Oh, oh my God. This in sixth grade. But that's actually really funny. Like addiction for decades yeah. to come. Yeah. I want to answer something real quick. I, I think I got that from my former best friend in elementary school who would do that to me, where he would introduce me to the reason why I got a Facebook was to play Restaurant City. <laughs> I played World of Warcraft with him, um, stuff like that. So I guess I brought that to my next friend group. Yeah, man. But I don't know. I've always appreciated sort of the... Uh, or of cool and like the level headedness they always bring. So that was my first. It's true. I guess I'm last. Um, man, my first impression of Matthew. I feel like we were just on the same modern team in freshman year, and I think we got close because we were like right next to each other mm-hmm. in in Samson's piece. I can't remember. I feel like we were in the back somewhere, but like naturally, you just have downtime. And you just get to know the people around you. So you're like, oh, yeah, I'm Matthew. And then I'm pretty sure I was, like, trolling in San Francisco or something. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like my impression of you is, like, this guy's smart, bro. He's, like, chill. Like, not not quiet, per se. Like, I don't think you're, like, a timid person. But you're you're not, like, you're not, like, crazy, you know? You're not, like, you're not, like, 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 you're not, like you're not troll. You know, but that's not a bad thing. But like, I just you were just like a level-headed, chill, smart guy. But on the contrary, though, you you do have like your moments where you like the surrounding troll just takes over, and then you just like you just like you go along with it. You just go along with it. You know, it's, it's, it's just fun to be around. So yeah, that's my impression. Of you. That's sorry, bro. All right. I think it's now bad. that we're uh, done with first impressions. Brought you on to talk about team dynamics. How do you feel about that? <laughs> team dynamics. Or just in general, like, how do you, like, do you feel like you value, uh, or rather this sort of something I brought up the other day, but it was like, do you value the idea of like, teamwork over star players or like having star power? What do you mean by star power? Like, like for example, yeah. like, let's say in a basketball team, right? A lot of the time it's the sort of the focus of the team is very, very geared towards one star player, or two star players, and everything else just fits in around them, as opposed to, I don't know, like, let's say volleyball, where like, everything must be done with another person, like you can't physically do anything without another person helping you. Like double lift, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that, you know, it's important if you're going to achieve high at like a high level, individual member of your team needs to be able to perform at a high level as well right but i do think that solely having certain people who have very high potential is not well that won't make your team excel because you know it, it needs to be more than the sum of its parts so even if you have like great performing individuals but they don't work together cohesively that can't push them any farther than than by themselves you know I think that's solid. I, I really value uh, teamwork over individual skill because I think individual skill is something that can be like pretty easily cultivated. Just you got to put in time and effort to do that. But I think like the best teams at the highest levels, they work together like as a unit. And like even if that team goes against another team that has a bunch of star players, I think the teamwork, the really good teamwork is going to beat the best players like every time. The Spurs are not a good example of this, but like... I think mm-hmm. the first team that comes to mind is this first. 
gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I guess I can go next. Um, I feel like I don't want I don't want to cop out and say it's both because that's cheating. But they they both have like their merits. Um, but if I had to pick, I would definitely say chemistry. Like I feel like in general, if I can't work with you, I'm not gonna have a good time, and then I'm therefore not gonna perform as well. And I, I think that. And it's like not fun, you know. Like, if I show up and do my sh my my stuff on the team, and I'm not having fun, it's just a chore, you know. And then I feel like it just loses its its um its drive because of that. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of contextualize it with League too. Particularly, I think like that demonstrates itself that teamwork trumps. Uh, one individual because you can't win a game on your own, especially in that game, um, because you you can't one v five unless you have an absurd lead. Um, and I think that that goes for a lot of things in life. Anyways, it's a good theme. Um, I think the benef the one benefit of having like one star player is that you can give them the responsibility when it's crunch time. Yeah. So, I mean, that can exist within like a teamwork structure, though. Like, you don't have to have one person that's better than everyone else. You can just delegate somebody to be responsible for, you know, important things like when it really matters. It's true. True, though. What are your thoughts, Alex? Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking about like basketball, um, like how you kind of highlighted before, because like there are teams that like don't have star players like some examples i'm thinking about like spurs well first have star players there's more like everyone's like equal that i remember like the 2012 2013 Denver nuggets was very team oriented um i think everyone was under no one averaged over 20 points but, like they were all like in the double digits um but like that was used as a knock against them because in the playoffs um i guess like defense gets like more rough and like more physical and like they didn't have like the guy to go for to go like through so then they got knocked out and then usually people are like yeah that's why you need like a kobe or you need like a star player or two star players in order to like actually win it i don't know kind of related like what are your thoughts on like leadership styles um like i remember watching um like the last dance and then like Michael Jordan is like seen as like the goat because like he's really high skilled, but he's also the leader. But he's also an asshole. Um, like literally, literally, like would like like curse and scream at his teammates, or like you know make fun of them. You know, even get into the personal lives. But some people are like, oh, that's okay because like he had to do what is necessary to be great. But other people are like, no, I don't think that's necessary. Um, so like to y'all, like do y'all think like? you know, in order to, like, elevate yourself to greatness and, like, lead your team? Like, do you need to be a dick? Or, yeah, is it is – are there any other possible ways to avoid that? Sure. Uh, I, I feel like I can speak on this. Um, so I was a director for uh, UT Modern. Um, so I definitely had to experience, you know, finding my leadership style. And I feel like the – in my opinion, because like I'm not saying I'm like the, the king of leaders, the leader of leaders, right? But 
I feel like I found success in what I did. Um, and I can speak on behalf of that, but I feel like you don't, being a dick is unnecessary in my opinion. Right. Cause the, the thing about, I feel like people, why you would want to be a dick is because you want the, you want to be serious. You want your team to be serious, you know? Um, and you want them to understand that it's crunch time and to not like fool around, which happens, you know, people just fool around. They, they lose, they lose track of things and it just happens. But I feel like the most effective leadership style is to, is not really rule by authority, but rule by like influence. Like I can't, if I tell you to do something and you do it, you're just, you're just like acting, you know? But if I, inspire you to do something you're like actually like doing it you know with like intention and drive rather than like oh this is a chore you know and i feel like that makes a difference um and the second part of that is like i feel like if you're not a dick and you're you're like you you can still be stern but you can still be like a friend to them you know and i feel like being a caring person and being a friend to like your teammates actually just um what's the word it garners <laughs> garners like team chemistry and team morale right and i think that i value that more than like making everyone do drills like end on end and i would rather have like the chemistry because i think that will take you farther so yeah i feel like in my leadership experience i feel my own personal style is very um like participatory i don't know i feel like you have to be you, you can't be above your team because technically you're still a part of the team right like you like sun said you have to have their respect and you have to respect them and i think that once you have um that sort of working relationship with them then things go much more smoothly because i mean just in in all parts of life i feel like you don't really ever need to like be addicted to someone right like you have the skills and the abilities to be like solve conflicts and solve problems through like reasonable conversations and things like that. Like it's, it's all comes down to respect, man. Like your team needs to respect you and you respect your team. And you know, you, you just be able to influence others, be able to do things as opposed to forcing them to do things. Because I mean, I feel like this is just in general, you, you perform better on whatever you're doing, if you're having fun doing it, or if at least the people there are a joy to be around. It doesn't matter if you're, like, cleaning tables. Like, if you really like your people you're there with, like, you're going to enjoy that and probably do a better job than if you hated it and you didn't like the people around you. Amen, bro. I wouldn't say this as, like, a defense in, you know, Michael Jordan or whoever has this, like, leadership style. But I think that maybe the reason why it happens to them, why like the things that they do come off that way or like why they act that way is just because they can't separate themselves from the the intentions that they want to carry out on their their goals versus like the personality and the way they deliver it. Um, I'm sure you know there there's there's people that can never like they they always seem like they're super intense, but they don't mean it. It's just the way it comes across. Um, so that's that might just be something that they have to work on. Um, that like the tone that they set for their team, um, and it's also kind of really hard. 
another point I want to bring up. It's hard to argue with results. Like you can't say that Michael Jordan was not, I mean, like people argue about the gut all the time, but you can't argue the number of championships that uh, the Bulls won, you know, like there's pieces of what he did that worked. And it's really hard to separate those pieces because it's not like we're in a video game where you can take, you know, units, like move one unit of, um, you know, yelling to one unit of like dribbling, right? Like it's just <laughs> like the, this cohesive piece that, you know, it, it may be like a chaotic mess, but you know, it delivers results. And so it's not necessarily cut and dry. Like, you know, like the leadership style has to be this way and like, otherwise it's wrong. You know, it's like stuff gets done and, you know, like next time, like we'll learn from these, you know, mistakes, but, you know, thank God that we won the championship, you know? Yeah, there are different like effective leadership styles. I don't think there's a, a single effective style. I mean, as with most things, there's not a single correct answer, right? Like we live in a very grayscale world. Everything's like a spectrum. Sure. Sure. Thoughts, Jonathan? I think, um, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive, like being a dick and being a good leader. But I think it worked very well for Michael Jordan simply because of his personality, simply because he was the kind of person who put in the work at all costs. You know, like like Matt said, like the results don't lie. He is one of the most celebrated basketball players of all time, if not the most celebrated basketball player of all time, right? And I think like the being a dick part just comes from like – passion you know like he loved what he did and he really he spent all of his time doing it and he wanted himself to be at a certain level and in turn he wanted his teammates to be at the same level too is it right to like be a dick i don't think so but i think it came from a good place you know yeah i think if you're on his team you might understand that maybe a certain percentage of that is not you know he didn't mean that um so I wouldn't say tolerate it, but you can come to an understanding that you can compromise. Michael will be less of a aggressive leader and then you'll take some time to be patient with him while he works on that uh, to be a better leader. What kind of things would he do just out of curiosity? Like like what, what, what like did he do that were dickish, I guess? Like um, I know there's like one scene where he's on the plane and then like, they're just like playing cards and like he's like even like off the court he's like i have to be a winner so he beats him <laughs> or something and then he's just like he's like hey hey like he shouts out to the player's mom like hey if you're watching this like just let him know that he went to vegas <laughs> like he had all these strippers like um he's crazy, <laughs> and he's gonna get in trouble and then the dude's just like what the fuck <laughs> dude that's pretty funny <laughs> i think i think that's too far that's hilarious <laughs> that that is like something in his brain that <laughs> not every like very few people probably have it's like he he's legit crazy about winning yeah i think i think he even said like i have an addiction to like winning you know um yeah there's always just a lot, a lot of little stuff like you you see him like there's like a coin toss and then he's like he's like playing with his security guard and like he like throws it and then like you're the point is you're trying to get as far as you can without like hitting the wall and then um like he gets pretty far he's like this this is it and then the security his security guard like actually does better and then he and then the security guard makes fun of him he, he does like the shrug 
and then <laughs> and then Michael Jordan like get out of here, you know, stuff like that. But it's like he's also like he's also known for being very petty, like for his Hall of Fame speech. Um, instead of like usually in like a when you win an award, you're like trying to thank people. You're like thank you for this. <laughs> he's just like talking shit about everyone. He's like my oh, my shit. high school coach who cut me. Um, this player who like didn't respect me when I came on the team. Like I just wanted to know that this is all your fault, and I'm not forgetting. <laughs> It was like stuff like that. He was Holy like, shit, like this guy is psychotic. But I guess like yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're like at that level, um, you probably need to be like a little crazy or very a lot of drive to the point where like you know you have to believe that like you deserve to be up there, right? Like I think um, yeah. confidence plays like a very big role in um, like reaching that like top level, like no matter like what field you're in, because like um, no matter how skilled you are, like if you don't like believe like you belong then like it's gonna show but yeah i guess for y'all like how do y'all see the role and like confidence whenever like y'all are like you know pursuing a task or skill rephrase that i'm oh, sorry um, i didn't i didn't quite under understand the question. Sure. um i guess i was like how do y'all um i guess like view your own like confidence whenever you're trying to like pursue a skill or task um you know, sometimes people are like not necessarily the most confident innately, but like you know, there are ways like they have to like hype themselves up, or if it's like mm-hmm. for like a, like a like a ritual, or um, they get someone to tell them that they're great every day and they just believe it. You know, little things like that. Believe it. Believe. I think my confidence comes from practicing and rehearsing, particularly from a dancer standpoint who does mostly choreographies and like sets for a competitive team. Um, we have hundreds of hours that we put in in the practice rooms, like in front of a mirror or like without a mirror even. Um, So that amount of time invested makes you feel like better when you're like about to go on stage uh, in my experience. Um, Cause I know that I can fall back on muscle memory. Same thing with other stuff like playing sports and um before we like were recording like yesterday we we're talking about flow state and how you know if you can get in that zone and your muscle memory takes over it makes you feel a lot better about how you're approaching the situation you feel like you can just think about other things besides the little minute things and it makes you feel a lot more confident it's true it's true bro I mean, I think uh, it's kind of like that, but a little different is I feel like a lot of my confidence, especially when I play games, it comes from understanding the theory behind something or understanding like an inherent. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> like I watch his LCS every day. <laughs> yeah. He's Parth, bro. Okay, like part of like, for League in particular, I just really enjoy how like the game has a lot of depth. Like there's so much that can like go into like a certain action. Like, for example, all these different, like, rune setups can all, like, be used for, like, the same action, right? Which is, like, going into, I don't know, like, top lane, right? But the results they yield are so vastly different because of, like, how how many different combinations of things there are and how many different, like, routes you can take or, like, yada, yada, yada. But, like, even back to, like, sports, I remember when I played tennis, like, I, I uh, the other day we were talking about flow state and I didn't really understand it because, like, for me, like, winning in tennis was, like, oh, like, I know where, like, my shots should go at every point in time, right? Like, if I, 
Like if I'm serving at like this spot, like I know I should go here because like they are weak on like X side, right? So I should serve to this side in order to capitalize on their weakness and then end the point fast, right? 100 IQ. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how I sort of like always internalize like any sort of like competitive activity. I always like to think about like the strategies and like what makes like something good at just like a pure theory level. And then like if I understand the theory, I feel like I'm very, very confident in doing that activity. Yeah, that... That, that is very characteristic of how, you. That is so, so bad, dude. That manifests in how you talk about volleyball, too, I noticed. Where <laughs> I get really excited about explaining things to other people. Like, you know those characters in the anime that <laughs> stuff to the audience? Yeah. Uh, that guy. That guy. He's that guy, bro. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's just like what works for him. It's true. That's, that's so funny, bro. Uh, <laughs> I feel like... Oh, you go first. You go first, bro. Um, I, I think that what I'm about to say, y'all are going to be like, oh my God. Cause I feel like it's very, um, especially evident when we play league, but uh, <laughs> as, as far as like confidence play into performing whatever activity I'm doing, regardless of how, where my skill level is at, I feel like I'm always extremely self-critical and I have very high expectations for things. So like in general, like I know the skill level that I'm at somewhere to that what actions you need to take and if something does not necessarily go the way planned it's like what the heck man like why didn't i why wasn't i able to do that because I feel like that should be something that i'm like i'm able to do i think that i'm very momentum based in in life and you know and just in mindset a lot of times i think that if i can hype myself up to be like oh yeah like i got this i know i'm so prepared you know i'm very skilled at this i can do whatever x thing the and I go and I kill it and I will continue doing so. But it can also be a little easy for me to sink into a rut if I like mess up one thing that I've, it's, I've been working recently on trying to move uh, like failures out of the way. It's like, okay, you know, like next game, or like, okay, you know, like next project, whatever thing I'm working on. It's true. Like I'm very, very momentum based and confident in performance. Yeah. Were you, you going to say something? Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like for me, uh, so, like, over overcoming, like, self-doubt to have confidence comes to two things. I feel like it's uh, it's commitment and results. Uh, so, in terms of, like, commitment, uh, I kind of learned this, like, dancing. And it's, like, any good dancer you watch isn't good because he's half-assing it, right? It's because he's doing it 100%, which is why he's really good at what he does. And, like, that comes, you know, if I apply it to league, it's, like, being scattered on a call. Like, if you hesitate on a call, you go fuck it up. Like, like, that's not me. Like, you should just commit to it. And, like, because that has the highest chance of success. And even if it, like, fails, then, like, the, you know, it sucks. But, like, you have to commit to it, you know? Because, like, the moment you do something half-assed, then, like, it's never going to work out. Or, like, the chances of success just doesn't work out, you know? Uh, wow. And in terms of, like, results, uh, I, I, say this, I say this a lot in, like, speeches for – our dance team. Um, <laughs> but I say you will never rise. Like when you're under pressure, you'll, your skill will never rise to the occasion, right? It will always fall to the level of your training. Um, so like when you rehearse and you succeed in like that specific rehearsal, that is like a result, right? And just every time you have successful results back to back and you're like, okay, I've done this before. Like as a result, and I have these results to back it up, and that innately makes you more confident. It's like I've done this before. 
I can do it again. And yeah, like trust in it. You know, it's like if I procrastinate for a test three days before and I always get away with it, I'm mad confident. And I'm just going to do it again every time. I don't know <laughs> how you do that, man. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. I, you told me about your whole study method. The way Sun studies is literally what he just said. He waits <laughs> for like three days before the test. He does not go to class, does not look at any material whatsoever. And then three days before the test, he locks himself in the library and just sits in the library for three days straight studying. And then he gets an A plus like every time. It makes no <laughs> sense. Absolutely. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He doesn't lock himself in the library. He always just sits in the same spot. So, like, him being in the library is, like, just his normal routine. It's just a matter of whether he walks around and goes, says hi to everyone. Is <laughs> <laughs> that true, bro? You know, when I walk into the library at school, <laughs> when I walk past that area that he always sits in, <laughs> I'm looking at that specific chair for him. <laughs> and then I move on if he's not there. Uh, <laughs> as usual. Yeah, now that I think about it, every time I've seen Sun in person, or at least almost every time, he's always sitting in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> he's a man Shoot, of consistency. <laughs> Same thing about his champ pool. Yeah. <laughs> if it works, it works, bro. Wait, to throw it back to Alex, though, what is your sort of, like, methodology to, like, confidence? I don't have a mythology. I'm a very unconfident man. <laughs> How about in the few things or the things that you are confident in? Not, I feel like you should be confident in more yeah, things. Yeah. So I think if I tell myself I'm required to get better at this, like I have to. So like stuff like driving and like I don't know work or like other stuff like school, I'm like I have to like be confident at this, or else like for, at least like for driving, I'm literally going to die if I'm not good. Um, for like school, like I don't want to get kicked out or I need a job. But stuff like that. Um, so if I, if I like convince myself that like this is a basic skill to live, then I'll eventually get like confident in like my abilities. But right now I've been trying to work at, um, at like for like hobbies and like, like unnecessary stuff. And like for me, it's like I feel like I'm not like na a naturally talented person at a lot of stuff. So like when I'm not good at the, when I'm not good at trying something, I'm kind of like, oh, like, this isn't that fun. And then like, I kind of just stop, especially when I see someone else who like pick it off like right off the bat. But I know like that's not good because like, you're literally, like no one's like, actually, most people aren't actually talented at like a lot of stuff. So like they, they go through it for like persistence and like hard work. But um, it's been a real big hump of like getting over that. I think like what I try to do now is like, I try to get like a friend to like keep me accountable or do with me. So like, um, I've been doing like home workouts recently because like I've been getting fat and I'm trying to you know be more healthy. Um, but if, you know, if I was doing this by myself, this would not last more than two weeks. <laughs> uh, even within those two weeks, it probably wouldn't be that consistent within those two weeks. So what I've been doing is like I've been uh, like working out with a friend over Zoom, and like we don't really even like talk that much over Zoom when working out. But it's just mostly like you no know, like hey this guy is like working out at the same time as like you. Like you, like you need to like honor the deal and stuff like that. And it's nice occasion being like, dude, I'm dying right now. He's like, yeah, me too. And then we just go back to our thing. But, yeah. I think that confidence to me has the most to do with my relationship to failure. 
So I'll tell you a story. Um, when I was in high school, I actually really wanted to be a professional League of Legends player. Like, I was very serious about it. Um, I During the summers, I would wake up at, like, 11 every day. I would play, I would eat, and then I would play for, like, six hours. And then after that, I would stop and I would go and watch replays of, like, all the games that I played that day. And I had spreadsheets open on my other screen where I would just write down the timestamp and like every single mistake that I made. And then the next day I would get back on, I would play and then I would have the spreadsheet from the day before, um, like still on there, you know, trying to figure out what I did wrong yesterday and how I could do better. And whenever I was, I was much younger then. And I, um, I had like really high expectations for myself. And I think, um, you know, like it got to a point where it would put, a lot of pressure on me and anytime I made like any kind of mistake I would get really upset at myself and I'd be like man what's wrong with me like you know other people can do this why can't I do this and um, it was just like I, I got pretty good I won a couple different tournaments and when I was like a junior or senior in high school um, I played 80 carry for uh, UT's um, gaming club back then which was called Tespo at the time so I would come like every week and I would play and them and um, uh, play in tournaments with them and it was a lot of fun but uh, I think the one thing I realized growing up and picking up like a bunch of other hobbies outside of video games is that the main difference between being confident in learning something new is just your taking your your yourself out of the results of what you do so like back then i was like oh my god if i missed this one minion or if i you know if i die here like i suck right so I'm, I'm thinking like i suck because this happened but now it's like i realized that how much pressure that actually put on me and what i think the better course is like you know how i said like taking yourself out of it so it's not like if i die right it's not that like i suck it's just like i made a mistake by doing this and this but it doesn't say anything about me my, my my thoughts are only on what's happening objectively and it's not doesn't have anything to do with like it doesn't it's not telling anything about myself and i feel like this idea kind of helps me garner confidence in like learning a lot of like or in all the things that i do you know um so yeah that's what it is for me yeah i think i resonate um like what you're saying at least in like what you do to like i guess like deal with failure um because i realized like i do the opposite right like i put myself into like my position of failure i'm like this is my fault it's on me versus like oh this is like a learning experience but like kind of like spinning off of that for like all of y'all and son when he gets back but like what is your um what is your relationship with the idea of like, um, it's like for the process versus like results, you know, do y'all like lean a certain way? Um, cause for some people it's like, you know, they, en- if they enjoy doing like, like the sport or craft, like it doesn't matter like how big or where they go as long as they're doing it. But for some people it's, you know, if they don't reach the certain standard, then like none of it is worth it. I think it depends. Like the issue of, winning versus you know like having fun is something that people talk about a lot um i think you could argue it from both sides because you know you could say if you're not having fun while you're playing but then on the flip side if you could you could also say if you're not trying to win why are you playing because that's the goal of the game so 
I think there's a balance to be struck. I personally feel like I lean more on the competitive side where I'm trying to achieve results because that's something that I can use as a yardstick to measure my performance. But also, like, I try to check in with myself and make sure that I'm still having fun when I'm doing whatever it is, frisbee, dance, whatever. It depends on the activity. Like, there are obviously certain things in life that you strive to get results for, regardless of it's a lot of mental strain and struggle to get there. You know, you're studying hard for a test. You're, like, trying to get this job and things like that. Um, as far as, like, hobbies go, I think I tend to be more a competitive person. I do like to see results because, I mean, that's – it can be very stressful when you're taxing, I guess, mentally, when you put a lot of effort into something and you don't – kind of reap the rewards from it later. You just kind of are in the same spot. You're like, well, what was all the effort for? Um, but again, like Matthew said, you know, it's, it's really important to take a step back and like, look, are you enjoying this? Are you having a good time? Because like, if not, you're just spending, you know, that time is an invaluable resource. You don't get it back. You don't get any back. And it's like, if you just use it on being angry, like why would, what's the point of that? I feel like having the, the, the want to win isn't enough in my opinion because a lot of the time it's like you know maybe when you're younger you're like i want to be a rock star you know but then you never bother to pick up a guitar or bother to learn the chords or your basic music theory and you never become a rock star because you were infatuated with the idea of being a rock star but not in the process of becoming one you know, and I feel like that goes with anything in life. Like, it's not necessarily that you want it enough. You have to want to go through the process enough. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I could say I want a jack body. I kind of do. But do I work out? Do I eat healthy? No. <laughs> so then I obviously don't want it enough, right? I don't want it enough where I would, you know, wake up at 8 a.m., go lift like 300 pounds or something and eat chicken all day. <laughs> I you know, obviously don't want it enough. Um, <laughs> but like, so that's my mom. Anyways, but just to just to like reiterate, like I don't, I think like Mick said, failure is just bound to happen, and if you don't enjoy the process, failure will just stop you. Yeah, like the moment I'm doing ten push-ups and I get tired, I I just quit because uh, I don't have the passion for it. You know, so that's uh, that's my thoughts. Yeah, man. I think a healthy balance between the process and the results is like necessary because like Sun said, you need the process to get to the level that you want to be at. Right. But you need the results to keep you motivated to do the process. Right. Um, I think like a good way for me that I go about it is like, I, I do enjoy the results but i bring down the scale of like what results i'm expecting right so it's like it's not like um i don't know likes the rock star uh analogy right it's not like like if i have the goal of being a rock star and i like try to pick a guitar everything i do that doesn't lead up to me everything i do that doesn't match up with me to, to me being a rock star it just like it just sucks, right? Like I play a chord and I'm like, fuck, I'm not a rock star yet. You know, I learned what scale. I'm like, fuck, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> I could be. I think that like if I focus more on the smaller results, like, oh, like, you know, I'm I'm learning this chord. If I can learn this this 
this one chord, you know, I'll be happy, right? And then in turn, that happiness will make me want to do it more because it's like, oh, I can do this, you know, but it's a matter of like breaking it up and not having a goal that's like way, way, way out of reach. Yeah, I, I, I have like a, maybe like an anecdote with this because I used to play tennis competitively. And I feel like I was very, very results driven. I mean, I was younger. I feel like I didn't know any better. And so it's like, like, you know, you just play to win, you know? having fun is secondary to winning because it's like, you know, you practice with people and then you see them winning and you're like, you get sort of like some FOMO. You're like, damn, I want to fucking win too. That was like partially my motivator for a long time because like in tennis, you have to win tournaments in order to move up the ranks. That's just like the simplest way to explain it. And like I, before, like I won a tournament, like a sanctioned tournament, I was always like getting far but never like to the ultimate goal. Like you, you weren't the last one standing. And I think part of the reason that drove this sort of mentality is the coach would always say that like only one person doesn't lose in the tournament and it's the ultimate winner, right? Like everyone else loses at some point. And I it's like, yeah. oh, it, it, it was something that like I read, I thought was like the right way to think back then. Cause it's all losers. You loser. <laughs> You ever seen Talladega like, Nights? Huh? You ever seen Talladega Nights? No. Okay, well, it's like a NASCAR movie, and one of the characters, his name is Ricky Bobby. His, uh, his quote is, um, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> Second person. Yeah. That's actually the mentality I had. Like, I remember, like, back then, like, I wanted to, like, since I was so kind of, like, driven by this, I wanted to not just win, but I wanted to, like, demolish my opponents like i didn't want there to be like any doubt that i was better like i the the first, the first sanctioned tournament that i won like i knew i was better than him like the person i beat in the semifinals was for sure better than the guy I played in the finals and so what yeah. i did was instead of like ending points because i was better i would just keep giving the ball back to him and let him get it out on his own and <laughs> i yeah. i wanted to like completely destroy him <laughs> like oh my God. Is, i'm not even trolling that's either nasty bro Ben's the kind of guy that's like get the fuck get the fuck out of here <laughs> and yeah and i and i feel like after i won that and like i reached that goal i was like i felt really empty inside i was like this isn't like you know like i trained so hard and like this feels good you know like people acknowledge you but then after, like, you know, the, the you know, shock and awe that wears away, it's sort of just, it, it isn't much. It's just a title. And then that's when I realized, like, the process is kind of, I, at first I was, like, really dissatisfied. I was just kind of like, what was the point, you know? Now I have to just, like, find another goal or just something, something. And then as time grew on, eventually I, like, grew up. And in college, I was, like, a really big proponent of, like, the process. Like, whenever I played, like, I Am Sports with, like, friends or something, like, you know, I had, like, a really terrible record. I lost a shit ton of games. But, like, I don't think it really mattered in the grand scheme of things because I felt like I was learning. I felt like I was getting better. And, like, the real thing is, like, if you lose or win, you do it as a team. Like, I, I think the toxic mentality of, like, being super results-based was, like, it, it just isn't the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, like, what I'm hearing a lot is, like, like A, like, it's a lot of it's all about the, like the little things you do in order to like reach that goal. That's like what's probably like more important versus like trying to go from like A to B, like immediately. Like I want to go from like a nobody to I'm on like US top 50 songs or something. Like you got to like work your way up. And it's like, you know, through that process, it's okay if um, you never reach that goal. But, like the important part is that you try. Um, 
for me personally, I feel like I'm kind of like in between. Um, like I feel like I want to be more process oriented. That like my instinct is to be like results, right? Like that's why I'm so hard on myself when I'm like not reaching um, like certain standards immediately. Like I remember um, like this year, like um, I was like leading, I was like a coordinator for my ministry and it was like a new branch. Um, so it's called like admin communication. And then uh, I didn't have a template to like model my branch off of. So like I had no idea what I was doing. So in like, terms of results, uh, there wasn't really much there. Um, I remember trying to juggle like the budget and social media, which neither side I'm like necessarily great at, but I was trying. So then like at the end, I was like trying to like evaluate my time. I was like, it's not a waste of time. I learned a lot. I learned how to manage a team who are all very different from me. Um, it was an interesting experience, but I was like, you know, in terms of results, and if someone were to judge me based on like what future coordinators in my position would do, they would probably say I was a failure in terms of like I didn't have that much output. But I'm going to give myself a lot of pass because I was the first one and I was trying to lay a foundation and make shit easier and have a blueprint. And that's how I lived with myself after that. Have you ever had those like thoughts that's like on the tip of your tongue and like you can't really like form it into like your native language? Like, oh, actually, wait. Uh, on this note, what language do you guys even think in? English. English. Or Kochi. I mean, I'm Monkey, not- bro. I don't know. <laughs> I Tagalog. Speak. So is it Tagalog? No, I actually don't think it's Tagalog. I think it's English. <laughs> I don't speak a little Tagalog. There are oh. certain words in like other languages that don't really translate into english um mm-hmm. japanese is like the first one that comes to mind but um i don't i can't think of one right now um i believe you parents are speaking to me in cantonese even though that's not my first language i'll probably think back in cantonese and to like process what they're saying and to like respond back but other than that, I think in English because I, I gave up my Cantonese and Mandarin speaking abilities to speak English when I was six. Do you think? Do you think when you when you think in a different language, do you think your personality changes? Yes, but this is not me specifically. This is my mom. So wow. when my mom's, so Cantonese is a very abrasive, um, colloquial language. Like I would say, it's very much like. Um, it's a language for common people. I don't know how to put that in any nice way. But, um, so when she speaks, like she's very animated. Um, part of it's her personality, but part of it's just like that's just the way. That's just how how she expresses herself. But um, when she speaks in English, I guess like that doesn't like that carries over. So sometimes like she will speak like really loudly. Um, and when she's trying to like not sound like when she tries to sound normal, she ends up just sounding passive aggressive. So people will rub her off. It rubs people off the wrong way. Um, but like in reality, like she's just trying to like talk what she thinks like an American or like a regular person would talk, which is like not super like animated or like expressive. But then it comes off weirdly. So I'm not. I guess like in this way, it's like her personality is like isn't really being fully expressed. Um, because of like the language difference. See, bro. I mean, I, I don't know if this is entirely related, but like, That's when, okay, you, bro. 
when you speak a foreign language, do you think in that language? I would say I don't. Mm. I feel like it just goes through a filter and it just, it's like the Google Translate. I have my, <laughs> thought, my thoughts in English and then it translates some bullshit back out. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even accurate, right? It's, I just like, uh, uh, yeah, Matt, can I get some rice? Oh, sh I already messed it up. I couldn't even, uh, <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't even realize it sometimes. Like, when you're like, when you translate to another language, I will slip in like English words. You know, mm. I'm like, Konnichiwa jar. <laughs> I don't know how to say jar, right? But in my brain, it don't, it don't matter. So, yeah, just can't. It's too hard, bro. I ask because, like, I think this is just a thing for me. But like, whenever I I speak Thai or like I'm in like like this Thai speaking mode, like for example, when I go back to Thailand, I don't like nothing goes into English. It just goes from like Thai to understanding. It doesn't like hit a filter or anywhere else. Mm. Think, oh, I want to translate this to English. English. Then it will like translate my Dude, head. I even speak with the accent. Dude, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Wait, is, is Thai your native language, Ben? No, English is. But like, uh, Thai is where my parents come. Thailand is where my parents come from. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up listening to them speak it. Yeah, I think there's an important distinction between if you grew up with it, because then that gets really cemented in your brain. And, you know, if you're fluent, you get to that level where you think in that language. But from a different perspective, I've been learning Spanish off and on since, like, middle school. And, like, I used to, like, think in Spanish sometimes, like, during, like, a speaking test. Yeah. But, you know, probably, like, if I were to use Spanish with, like, a patient in the future, I probably, like, don't know enough uh spanish to like fully think in spanish so it's gonna have to go through that filter like sun said you know that google translate i think it's a it's a hallmark of uh fluency right it's like i think if you're at a certain level in the language that you're speaking you start to think in that language because it's like you don't have to it's kind of like the the muscle memory thing we we're talking about right it's like you've practiced this so much that you don't even have to think about it it's like ingrained in your your muscle memory already yeah like yeah. I think jonathan um if I feel like if you have to kind of think and like translate um, like between language to language, it's probably too slow and like you're not that fluent. It, it, I feel like it's it goes like, like, you're me sucks, bro. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm by no means fluent in Spanish, but I listen to a lot of Latin radio. I feel like that's the way. Dude. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so like, yeah, it's just like all like the radio commercials and every time they have like little interludes, I'm always like trying to think and I'm like, they talk very quickly. So I, I catch about like half the, of what they say every time. And I'm like translating that. But, you know, I feel, like, I feel like your comment about it's like being a, an indicator of fluency is very profound. It's like very, very spot on. All right. We've already eclipsed the hour mark. So uh, we'll start wrapping things up. We just end on a fairly easy question. What would you like to do once quarantine's over? I'm excited to finally move to New York. Um, get out, kind of like start, start a new story. Um, I'm really 
can't wait time where we can walk around without masks in public without being in fear you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so just looking forward to revisiting that sort of freedom that we've always enjoyed in life yeah i want to see some friends i have been living away from austin since march so it's been very isolated um and then I'm going to start a new school in August. So I want to meet new friends too, uh, play some frisbee and stuff like that too. Also, when you were saying that, I just like I just thought it looked so funny because you're like, yeah, I just missing people, and you're sitting in this like dark ass room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where my imaginary friend sits right there. <laughs> Coaches me in jungle. He's a pilot. <laughs> Dude, that's a rage. Well, he's your imaginary friend. At least make him diamond, bro. <laughs> Dude, that's why Matthew's also confident whenever he calls for a dive because he thinks it's two people. <laughs> oh, it's like Jesus right next to him. He's like, bro, gang, gang, man. He's like, going oh, no. <laughs> down. He has no flash. I saw it. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, man, I feel like, yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm the same as Matthew. I've just been isolated at home since March. Uh, yeah, I just want, honestly, I just wish it was like just back to normal. Like, it really sucks that this is like Corona because, like, nothing, I, I feel like nothing will ever be the same until the, there's like a vaccine because, like, you're just gonna have like that looming anxiety. And I think that's like a big part of it because now it's like I can't even go to a restaurant without like. <laughs> right? not not that i have been but i feel like the day that i do go to the restaurant there still won't be a vaccine and i'm still gonna be like what the hell you know and just like seeing people again dude. i feel like the hallmark of what makes anything fun is the people you do it with you know so i'm kind of torn because i do miss hanging out with people and i think you're right like a hallmark of what, uh, hallmark of uh, what makes something fun and what you do is like the people but at the same time I've always been a very like like hobby centric person like I've actually feel like my I've been more happy during quarantine because I don't have to work and I don't uh, like have to worry about school if so I'm just free to like pursue all the hobbies that I'd like but there was a point in time where like the the quarantine blues got to me I'm horny. It's like four in the morning and you're like laying in bed and you're like, <laughs> Instagram is open, but you're scrolling, but you're not even looking at what you're scrolling through. You know, <laughs> you know you're like, man, I should probably go to sleep soon. You know, <laughs> but you know, it's like six in the morning. <laughs> okay. This man's lying. At 4 a.m. We're playing league. He's not laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> He's laying in bed. <laughs> as, as you know. <laughs> um, yeah, this has been a great episode. I think this is our largest episode yet with four guests. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. Um, this is Nuance Nonsense. We're not experts, but we just like talking. Signing out. Can I get a yeah? Yeah. 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 yeah.